So uh, open your Bibles wherever you'd like. I'm going to be in Jeremiah 29. Okay. Jeremiah 29. I want to tell you funny first. My, uh, my wife and I pastored for 27 years, and then uh, we were, we've been with Andrew Womack Ministries now for 11 years. I was a director of the Bible College for a time, and now I'm over Army, the Association of Related Ministries International, and we, we basically pastor pastors. That's what we do, and, and ministers, so uh, we're enjoying this season of our lives. All right, I want to tell you funny. This is called Four Husbands. So the local news station was interviewing an 80-year-old lady because she had just gotten married for the fourth time. The interviewer asked her questions about her life, about what it felt like to be marrying again at 80, and, and, and uh, then about her new husband's occupation. Well, he's a funeral director, she answered. Interesting, the newsman thought. Then he, then he asked her, if she wouldn't mind telling him a little bit about her first three husbands and what they did for a living. And she paused for a few moments and needing time to reflect on all of those years. And after a short time, a smile came across her face and she answered proudly explaining that she first married a banker when she was in her 20s. Then a circus ringmaster when she was in her 40s. Later on, she married a preacher when she was in her 60s, and now in her 80s, a funeral director. The interviewer looked at her quite astonished and asked why she'd married four men with such diverse careers. And she smiled and replied, I married one for the money, two for the show, three to get ready, and four to go. <laughs> That is funny. I don't care who you are right there. That's funny. <laughs> Praise God. Uh, Jeremiah 29, 11, we hear this at graduations all the time. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. I noticed that you've got a conference coming. Uh, was, it, was it called Hope and, hope and Future Conference? And so I thought, man, this message is really going to be appropriate. The Lord's got a plan for you. And it's a good plan. There's no boogeyman around the corner. There's no bad. Uh, listen, the, the Bible says that, the, the Bible said he has crowned your year with goodness. Everybody say goodness, not badness. We need to be expecting good. We need to be expecting Positive. We need to expect that where sin abounds, grace does much more abound. Amen? And I look, God's got a future, a destiny, a plan and I, for each one of us. And, and look, I don't want anything more or less than what God has for me. I, 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 and I, I, but I want everything that he has for me. John 3.27 says, A man can receive nothing except it be given to him from heaven. Now, I want everything that heaven has for me. I want nothing that heaven doesn't have for me. That's why in Matthew 7, 7, he said, uh, ask and it'll be given. Seek 
and you'll find knocking and it'll be open unto you. I don't ask for anything I'm not sure that God has for me. I, the way God showed me that verse, he said, ask for what you're sure about, seek me about what you're not, and knock or be persistent, don't give up. It's not like you're knocking on heaven's door, you're just, you're just being persistent. Uh, and I don't pray, why would you want to waste prayer on something you're not sure that God has for you? How many of you want to improve your prayer life? How many of you want to see more answers? Well, only pray then for the things that you know that God has assigned to you. But everything you know that he has for you, man, you need to, you need to ask. Don't be ashamed to ask. Amen? And then God's got, God's got a future for you. I had a friend of mine that went to, went to Mardi Gras for a number of years, and they would minister to people at Mardi Gras, and he ran into a gypsy that, that was, uh, had a sign up that said palm reading, you know, and, and she said, well, would you like me to tell you your, your uh, read your palm, and would you like to know your future? And he said, well, I already know my future. Would you like to know yours? <laughs> and, then, and then he got an idea. He set up a card table, <laughs> and, and, uh, and, and just down the street, and instead of palm reading, he, he had... He had a type a sign that said Psalm reading. <laughs> and he'd give them a psalm and pray for them and then get, got people born again. Guys, God is not confused about our future. And your future consists of thoughts you haven't thought yet, words you haven't spoken yet, actions you haven't taken yet, in circumstances you don't know yet, and three out of four of those you you can control, your 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 thoughts, your words, and your actions. Amen. How many of you ever watched Groundhog Day? How many of you watch? How many of you not seen Groundhog Day? You need to go watch it. Anyway, the Groundhog Day is an old movie. Bill Murray was the was the uh, jerk uh, newscaster, you know, full of himself. And um, and he went to what was it called Punxsutawney, Pennsylvania, and so, and, and we was going to find out if the groundhog saw his shadow or not. And anyway, he was he was full of himself, rude to everybody, and so he woke. He, so he went through this whole day, you know, just rude and 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 uh, you know obnoxious, and and so he woke up. The next morning, in the same day, hearing Sonny and Cher sing, I got you, babe. And he first responded in shock. Oh, wait a minute, I've already been in this day, right? And, and then, the, then the next day, he wakes up, Sonny and Cher singing, I got you, babe. And he's in the same day. And, the, and after that, he, he responded in self-indulgence, since I'm since it doesn't matter, I'm going to be in the same day. I might as well just eat all of all that I can. And and then next, with frustration, then he, the next day he woke up and and was in depression and in giving up on life. And then then he moved into self improvement, learning Russian and ice sculpting. And then he finally had some he had some kind of epiphany that since I know what's going to happen in the next day, if I'll if, if I'll help people who he saw be disadvantaged in some way, 
and he knew the problems that they were going to face if I could help them, then, then that's what I'll do. And when he did that, he moved into his next day, knowing what that day would bring forth. And some of us are stuck like Chuck in a groundhog day of our own making because of what somebody did to us what, what somebody said about us, what, you know, what experience that we, 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 we were believing God for and it didn't happen in the time frame that we thought or we, or we prayed for someone and they went home to be with Jesus early. And guys, um, some, some of you need to get out of your Groundhog Day. God still has a future for you. He still has a hope for you. And I'm sorry that those things have happened to you. I'm sorry that you've gone through disappointment. Have any of you gone through any disappointment? I'm going to have an altar call for liars for the rest of you. <laughs> but listen, guys, Jesus said it's impossible in Luke 17, 1, it's impossible that no offenses will come. Is it possible that offenses won't come? No, they're going to come. But, it, but then it's, there's a difference between an offense that comes and you becoming offended. Becoming offended is a spiritual condition. An offense that comes is an event that happens that's beyond your control Becoming offended is, is a decision that you make that causes you to get stuck. And Jesus, uh, it's not in my notes, guys, but, but in, in Matthew 24, verse 10, Jesus said, In the last days, many will become offended. And in itself, they'll, they'll betray one another, There'll be hatred, false prophets rise, deception, lawlessness, and cold love. I'm not nearly so concerned about global warming as I am about global chilling. But, li but listen to the downward spiral, and you can, you can look at it. You look at it, and it, trust me, it's in there. I'm not going to take the time to turn there because I have some other things I want to uh, talk about, but... but the Lord's leading me to tell you this. Matthew 24, Jesus said, this is a sign of the end times. Verse 10, many will become offended. Everybody say betrayal, hatred, false prophets, deception, lawlessness, and cold love. The next verse says, if you endure the temptation and implied to be offended, you will be an end-time agent that will preach the gospel. If you don't, you won't. And right in the middle of that list, it says many false prophets rise. Do you know where false prophets come from? From the place of becoming offended. And then every time an offense comes and you don't process it in your heart, and get it over on the Lord and forgive that person. 
whether they ever come and apologize or not, you enroll unconsciously, unintentionally, but in reality, nonetheless, you enroll in the school of false prophets. And you learn their ways of betrayal, hatred, deception, lawlessness, and cold love. And you get stuck like Chuck in a groundhog day of your own making. And God sent me here today to help pry you out of your rut. You know what a rut is, don't you? It's a grave with the ends knocked out. It gets you out of your rut. I'm sorry, guys, for what that person did to you. I'm sorry for the disappointment you've gone through. But God's got a future for you. And you're not, gonna, you're not going to get into your future singing with Paul McCartney, Yesterday, all my troubles seem so far away. Or with Bar Barbara Streisand singing The Way We Were. No, it's the best is yet to come. The best is yet to come. And look, how many of you would like to know the very first thing that's going to happen when you get to heaven? Anybody would like to know? Lift your hand if you want to know. Very first thing. Oh. Ah. You were good. You were right. You were fair. Even though it didn't seem like it. That's, that's our problem. Is our seamer. We need a seamer adjustment. Look, I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry for what people have done or said or the disappointment you've gone through. But it doesn't change what God has for you. He's got a future. He's got a hope. And I came today to get you unstuck, to get you back on the path so that you can move forward and accomplish what God has for you. Get off the sidelines. Get off the sidelines. Okay, you prayed for somebody and they went home to be with Jesus. Well, look, okay, so you're going to sit on the sidelines now. If you, how many of you ever witnessed to somebody and they didn't accept the Lord? So did you stop witnessing to people? Well, then why would you stop praying for the sick? I, I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened with that person. Maybe they got tired of the battle. Or maybe they got close to seeing Jesus and, and seeing heaven and seeing Jesus. And they look at you and look at Jesus and pew. <laughs> you just weren't all that much. I know it, good guys. I mean, I'm thinking about a good friend of mine that was helped me in ministry, and and he was, you know, and I'm, I was there on the night that I was there on the night that he passed, and he grabbed my hand and he said, "Greg, we're gonna raise up a thousand evangelists and plant a thousand churches, and and we're still gonna do that." And man, I'm he's grabbing my hand strong, and I'm thinking, praise God. Three hours later, he's gone. Man, I'm going to have a good talking to him when I get to heaven. But I'm not going to stop raising up churches and sending out evangelists. And, and, and I, God's got a future for us yet. If you've got breath, if you've got life, God's got a plan for you. And we need to, I'm, God sent me here today to get you out of your groundhog day. 
Get into your future. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Matthew 12, 35, a good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things. What are you bringing forth? What are you bringing forth? How many of you want to fulfill the plan of God for your life? How many of you want to get, when you get to heaven, you want to hear, well done, good and faithful servant? You don't want to hear, well? So, <laughs> Hallelujah. So how, how, to, how, to, how to move into your future? Four questions. Answer these four questions. How to move into your future. Number one, what are you seeking? What are you seeking? Jeremiah 29, 11, we've read. It says, God said, I know the thoughts I have for, towards you, thoughts of, of good and, not, and peace and not evil to give you a future and a hope, but not verse 12 and 13 tell you how to get into it. He said, then you will call upon me and go and pray to me and I will listen to you and you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all of your heart. So my question, first of all, is what are you seeking? What are you seeking? If you've got a plan, you got your deal, you've got it figured out, like I did when I, was, when I was 19, 20 years old, I made a vow I wasn't going to live in poverty and I'm going to be a millionaire by the time I was 30 and, you know, I was headed that direction. But then, you know, I start following the Lord and I'm telling him, God, you can do anything you want with my life. And, and, then, and then he starts to deal with me about ministry. And I said, Lord, I can't talk in front of folks. Y'all still wondering about that now, right? I don't know how to, I can't, one-on-one, -on -one, I'm great, but talking in front of folks, that's not me. I mean, you, I, you don't know what you're doing, Lord. How many of you ever argued with the Lord? <laughs> how many of you know that it's a losing cause? I mean, poor God, he didn't know. He didn't know when he called you to, to help your pastors or, or go, on the, go on the mission field to to Mexico, we've been there to Ciudad Acuna, we, in Del Rio. That, we did a lot of ministry there because we were in Texas. And, and, uh, and so, but, you know, whatever God's called you to do, you know, and it, you, it, you're never going to be fully adequate yourself to do that. But, but you, so you're going to tell God, you know, well, Lord, you know I don't have enough money. Lord, you know I'm, I'm too old. Lord, you know I'm too young. Lord, you know I don't have enough training. Lord, you know I don't have enough education. Poor God, when he asked you to do that, he didn't know all that, did he? And he still asked you to do it? I've got a word for somebody here that feels like they're too old and they're too washed up. I've got a word from the word. Look at Psalm 39. Psalm 39. And... Verse 5, Psalm 39 and verse 5. And this is a powerful word. Um, it says, well, let me get there. It says, indeed you have made my days as handbreadths, and my age is as nothing before you. Put that in your old age pipe and smoke it. <laughs> 
My age is, are you still alive? Are you still breathing? The, the Apostle John, when he was 90 years old, how many of you think that's old? He's 90 years old. He's on the Isle of Patmos, a place of limitation. He's on the Isle of Patmos, a place of isolation. He's 90 years old. He'd, he'd walked with Jesus. You know, he, man, he could have started the t-shirt factory been, that said, been there, done that, heard that, know that. And now, he's, now it seems like he's all washed up. What can he do in this, in this tiny place? And Jesus came to John, 90 years old, in isolation and limitation, and he gave him a new assignment, the book of Revelation. God's not done with you. God's got new assignments for you. You're not too old. You th throw that excuse out. I'm talking to you, older folks. Praise God. Hallelujah. What are you seeking? If you look, guys, you got we got a God's got hope for us. God's got a plan for us. He's not done with us. Now it may change. The assignment may change, but He's got a future for you. And, and you're not going to find it giving up on life and, saying, and agreeing that I'm too old. You're going to find it or, or too young or anything else. It's, you're going to find it by seeking the Lord. God, I'll go anywhere. I'll do anything. All, all you got to show, all you got to do is show me I'm there. No more excuses. No more nevers. No more buts. Lord, I'll do anything but... Or Lord, I'll never marry again. Or I'll never go into ministry. I'll never do this. God's got never, never angels, guys. Get rid of the nevers and get rid of the buts and say, God, I'll go anywhere. I'll do anything. How many of you are there? If you want to get going, get, you want to get into your future, you got to get rid of all the nevers and buts, all the excuses. God, I'm yours. How, how many of you know Jesus, if he's Lord, how many of you is Jesus Lord of your life? If he's Lord, when he asks you to do something, what's the answer? Yes. yes, Lord. We can do that. Yes, Lord. I can go there. Yes, Lord. I can give that. I remember Andrew Womack came to our church one, one time and he was, they were expanding their Bible college and, and, and we had about, 300 people on a, on a Wednesday night and, and um, 250, 300 people. And, and, and God put it in my heart, Pastor, for, uh, that we were going to give $100,000 toward this. I forget what he needed at the time, three point something. And I said, well, we, you know what? We're good for 100000 And so we received an offering. And I was bummed out. It was 23000 I was bummed out, but God put 100000 in my heart. And so you know what? We didn't give up. We didn't stop. We just kept giving and giving and giving. And, and it finally, the, the, uh, we got a big, we sold some property and money came in and we were able to give the rest of that. What does God put in your heart? You can do that. You can go there. Amen. God's got a future yet for you. What are you seeking? Number two, what are you seeing? Look at Genesis 15. Genesis chapter 15, and let's read verse 
1. After these things, we're going to come back there. After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram's in a vision saying, Don't be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your exceedingly great reward. But Abram said, Lord God, what will you give me? Seeing I go childless and the heir of my house is Eliezer of Damascus. Um, uh, and essentially, you know, Abraham was saying, look, you know, I'm, you promised a, a, a son. It didn't happen. It, you know, I've made mistakes. Uh, I'm, basically, he was disappointed himself, not God. And he was thinking, okay, I'll let Eliezer be the servant of, of, of uh, you know, I'll let him be the heir. And in verse, look at verse 4. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him saying, This one shall not be your heir, but one which will, which will come from your own body will be your heir. Then he brought him outside. Everybody say outside. He brought him outside and said, Now look toward heaven. Count the stars if you're able to number them. And he said to them, So shall your descendants be. And he believed in the Lord, and he counted it to him for righteousness. So it says, after these things, what were all these things that caused Abraham to doubt that God would bring to pass or, or through his own loins an heir? Well, you know, it had been a, a probably 15 years now from the time of the promise that God gave him. So there's delay how many of you ever been through a delay of promise? Okay, but then, then first of all, Abraham, he, he stepped out and he, and he had, it was incomplete obedience. He only went to Haran. And he was supposed to leave his family and he took part of his family. And then, and then once, he, once his father died, he went into the land. God met with him and he built an altar. He found, he, this is the land, <laughs> And then they had a famine, and it says he went on still. He went, he went beyond where, first of all, was incomplete. Then he went on in beyond what God told him to do. Anybody ever been there? And, and, and then he laid his wife's neck on the line to save his own. That's a father of our faith. It gives me hope. <laughs> and then... And then he came back into the, into the land and he had relational conflict with Lot. Anybody ever been through relational conflict? And, and, then, and then he, you know, he gave up money, you know, that could have been construed as a bribe and he gave a tithe and, you know, and then just again, just the disappoint, the delay of time after all of those things, Abraham said, you know, Lord, let Eliezer, he'll let him be my heir. And God said, come on, come on out here, boy. Come on out from all the press of all this stuff. It, it, Abraham's biggest disappointment was in himself. And he said, come on out. Get your eyes off of all the stuff, off of your own mistakes. And get your eyes back on me. Because the deal is still on. The deal is still on. The deal is still on. 
The promise is still good, irrespective of how many mistakes you've made, irrespective of how many people have gotten in your way, irrespective of you don't have enough money. It doesn't matter. If God gave you a promise, dust, it's time, Freedom Church, to dust, wipe the dust off of that promise, no matter how long it's taken, no matter how many mistakes you've made, God said the deal is still on. I will yet bring that promise or dream to pass. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. And you've gone through disappointment and you've gone through failure and you've gone through people getting in the way and you've gone through delay of promise and you've gone through all kinds of stuff. But here you are. You're still alive. And God said, I've still got a future for you. And, what I, and you need to dust off those old prophecies and read them again because God will yet bring them to pass. Amen. You're going to get into your future. You got what is it you're seeing? Stop focusing on your mistakes. Stop focusing on the delay. Stop focusing on all the other stuff. Get your eyes back on the word, back on the Lord. He said, I'm still able to bring it to pass. Look at your neighbor say, I know he's talking to you right now. <clears throat> and I have the airport in sight, so don't get nervous. <laughs> then number, number three, what are you saying? What, what, what are you seeking? What are you seeing? And then what are you saying? Uh, you know, uh, Proverbs eighteen twenty one says, "Death and life are in the power of the tongue." Mark eleven twenty three, the verse that Kenneth Hagin wrote. <clears throat> you know, if you whatever whatever if you say unto this mountain, be removed. Whatever things you say and don't doubt in your heart, it'll come to pass. And the problem is many times, guys is we're saying what we're seeing in the natural instead of saying what we're seeing in prayer. Are you hearing me? Now, I've got four sons. I mean, I've got four children, three sons and one daughter. My oldest son was a prodigal for about eight years. Um, if Dr. Dobson had, would, had have met Brian he would have written three more chapters in his book, A Strong-Willed Child. Because every boundary we set for him, he crossed. It was just, and I mean, in a, in the, and the enemy would come to, I'm pastoring, right? And, and, and the devil would come to me and say, what kind of father are you? What kind of pastor are you? You know, your son's doing this and this and this. And so I just, the Bible says, agree with your adversary quickly while he's in the way. So I say, yep, 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 that's a fact, that's a fact, that's a fact. But while you're here, Mr. Devil, let me tell you the way it really is. And you may want to write these scriptures down for those of you who are believing for prodigals. Psalm 127.5, my children will be speaking with their enemies in the gate. You're going to rue the day you ever came against my son, devil. Isaiah 54, 13, my children are taught of the Lord and great is their peace. Amen. 
uh, Proverbs 6.22 says that when, the, when my children are roaming, the word will lead them. When they're sleeping, the word will keep them. When they're awake, the word will speak to them. And my son would tell me, he told me later, he said, Dad, I couldn't enjoy sin. He, I mean, he was partying, all kinds of stuff. He, he said, I was in a bar one time and this girl started witnessing to me. He said, I'd start to sin and I'd hear your voice. And then, then 1, Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 3 verse 5 says, God sends ministers, gives ministers to every man where that, whereby they might believe. What are you saying about what you're seeing? And what I, what, what I would say is what I saw in the spirit, my son is a leader. And he's a leader in the kingdom and he's gonna come out of darkness. He's coming into light. I'm agreeing with the word, not with, with what I see with my eyes. And I'm telling you, I, I was pouring into a group of men, discipling them. And, and all I told them is I'm gonna spend these weeks with you. All I want you to do is pray and you go find somebody to disciple one of these men who became my children's pastor, his name was Donald, and he went after Brian. And he took him hunting, and he took him fishing, and he fed him, and, and he started ministering to him. In three months' time, Brian turned around. He came back into church. He, he found it. He married his wife. He is a leader in the kingdom today. He's a great husband and a great father. If you've got a prodigal, don't give up on them. What are you seeing? Speak the word over them. Don't agree with what the enemy is doing. One moment in the presence of God can bring them out of decades of what the enemy is doing. And Freedom Church, you guys are anointed to bring prodigals out of darkness and bring them into the light. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. What are you, what are, what are you seeking? What are you seeing the Lord say? Then what are you saying about that? And then finally, where are you sowing? Where are you sowing? Galatians 6, and I'm done. We have landed. Galatians 6, and Verse, verse nine, let me find it. Or maybe you guys want to just, you want to put it up there. Let him who is taught in the word communicate uh, unto him that teaches in all good things. Be not deceived, God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that will he reap. Now listen, guys, I, I mean, that's really all I wanted to say right there. It, we'll just stop right there. We look at that negative many times, but it's what are you sowing uh, uh, spiritually? What are you sowing spiritually? See, my pastor, Bob Nichols, put it like this. He said, sow where you want to go. And so if, if you have a prodigal, sow into somebody else's prodigal. If you need healing in your body, pray for someone else to be well. If you, need, if you have a financial need, maybe, you, maybe you're believing God for a house. Well, maybe pay somebody's house payment. So where you want to go. See, if you want to get into your future, what has God put in your heart? What are you, 
as you're seeking Him and telling the Lord, you can do anything you want in my life, then, then you show me, Lord, what you have for me. Then you start seeing what He says, then start saying what, he, what, he, what He's speaking to you. Now you start sowing into that. Amen? Start sowing into, go. you sow where you want to go. Amen? And guys, I'm telling you, these are very, very simple principles of the word. But I've proven them out in my life and they really work. And God's got a powerful future for you. Freedom Church, I, I see, let me just prophesy what I see. I see you guys birthing other churches. I see you, you birthing ministries. I, I, I see you, re, you training up other churches. This is like a prototype of what other churches will be built like. Some of them will, will be related with Freedom Church and some of them will, will just fellowship with you, but they'll learn, they're gonna come and learn the things that you're beginning to do in conferences. I see you guys having other kinds of conferences that are gonna bring leaders together and they're gonna come and learn uh, best practices about how to build a healthy church. And healthy churches and ministries are gonna be birthed from this place. And God's gonna honor the, the leader that's gone on to be with Jesus now. And, and he's gonna honor the vision uh, of, of this house and these pastors now who have taken the, uh, the reign and God's gonna, do, God's gonna do more. Amen, he's gonna do double Praise God. And he's going, to use you, he's going to use each of us uh, to, to uh, birth things. There, there are, I, I just see uh, youth ministry. Are you the youth pastor? What is your name? Will? Man, I just see there's a strong anointing on you because, because you're not just a good youth pastor. You're a man of the word. And, and youth need the word. And then I see you gathering youth and, and it seems like there's going to be uh, like uh, youth gatherings that the Lord's going to lead you to lead and, and other youth ministries are going to come together. I don't know if it's youth camps or whatever. What's in your heart, Will? As you begin to seek the Lord, what's in your heart? God's going God's to birth through you and it's going to be something that's going to be very dynamic that's going to have a huge kingdom influence. Amen? Give yourselves Freedom Church Give yourselves permission to succeed. Give yourselves permission for God to do something significant through you. Amen? There are some people here who have the gift of giving and God's put some large figures in your mind and heart. And I want to encourage you uh, to, to obey God whatever he's told you to do. Some of it will be sowing here. Some of it will be sowing other places. Amen? Praise God. How many of you have a prodigal son or daughter or relative that you're believing God for? Stand up. I want to pray for you. Just want to agree with you. If you've got a prodigal, you're believing for Father, I agree right now in Jesus' name with every person standing here for, the, for the, those family members that they're believing for. We declare your word over them, Father. Isaiah 54, 13, great is 
their peace because they've been taught of the Lord. Psalm 127.5, that person is going to speak with their enemies in the gate. They're going, to, they're going to take authority over the enemy instead of the enemy having authority over them. Proverbs 6.22, Lord, when they're roaming, even while they're roaming right now, your word is leading them. When they're sleeping, your word is keeping them. And when they're awake, your word is speaking to them, Father. And we right now send laborers to them that are going to speak the truth in love to them. Father, we, we call them out of darkness. We call them into light and into their divine appointment with, with, in, in, in intimate relationship with you. Father, we get back into faith for our loved ones. In Jesus' name, amen. Now lift your hands and begin to thank the Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Now listen, guys, I'm, I'm really sensing strong that there, there is much vision in this house, individually but also corporately. There's much vision, and God's going God, this is a season of you seeking the Lord, and then as God speaks it to you, uh, I need you, to, you, you need to share it with your pastors, you need to share it with other, other people, but listen, you, you need to, as you seek the Lord, you're going to see things, and then you need to say what you're seeing, and you need to sow where you want to go. Amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's give the Lord praise. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. How many of you, how many of you know Jesus? You know beyond a shadow of doubt you're born again. If you die tonight, you go to heaven. Okay. If there's anyone here who couldn't lift their hand, you're either not sure about your salvation or, or you know you're saved, but, you, but you've not been really living fully uh, in the purpose and will and plan of God. But you're saying, I want to today. Just pray for me, Greg. Right where you are, I want you to lift your hand. I want to agree with you in prayer. Would you lift your hand if that's you? Okay, everybody here right with God? All right. How many of you felt like, have felt like, you've been in a, in a sort of groundhog day and you've been stuck and you want to get out. You're, in fact, you're getting out. If that's you, lift your hand real high. I want to agree with you. In fact, stand up. If that's you, stand up. I want to agree with you. Thank you for your humility. Thank you for your humil humility. Look at all these. You guys are so pregnant with purpose. The Lord is so pleased that you've stood. Your humility blesses the Lord. Just, just lift one hand to heaven and just where your help comes from. Put one hand on your heart and say, Father, I thank you for this word. And I thank you for your purpose in my life. And Father, I'm coming out of Groundhog Day. I'm not going to get, I'm not going to allow myself to be stuck anymore. I'm moving into my future with your help. Father, I lift up my eyes to your plan for my life. I reject the lies of the enemy that I'm too old 
or I or I've messed up too bad. You've got a plan for me, and you will yet use me. Now, Father, I release right now faith in everyone's heart, hope in everyone's heart. They will yet, Father, fulfill your purpose. You're going to download into them the things, the next steps they're to take. And Father, I thank you that the kingdom of heaven is going to rejoice and the kingdom of darkness is, is intimidated and in fear right now because of these men and women of God. I thank you, Father, for speaking to them, revealing yourself to them in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.